Well, we're going to come back now for another interview, the fourth and final interview that we'll be doing for Georgian Bay Roots in front of a live audience this weekend. And it is my great pleasure to be joined by Guy Davis, uh, a, a, a world-renowned blues musician, an ambassador of the blues, an actor, an author. Uh, Guy, welcome to Owen Sound. Welcome to Summerfolk. Well, thank you very much. Owen Sound is not a stranger to me. I first came here just about 22 years ago. But I've only been here about three or four times in the interim. But, All right, uh, welcome back then. Thank you. All right. And how is this festival treating you? You've got a few under your belt here on this site. How does this compare? How does this one? This, this particular one, yeah. I ain't really got to it yet. I got here yesterday, nowhere to play, so I just sat myself up in the uh, beer tent and started singing anyway. Today, there's really nowhere to play, so I just sat myself up around the uh, instrument check and started playing. And tomorrow, they say I'm playing two, three times, so we're going to see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see you on the main stage tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm going to set myself up near some food, though. <laughs> so as, as someone who is regarded as an ambassador of the blues, what is it about the blues that demands to be shared with people all around the world? or that requires, or that, it, that lets people resonate with that particular style of music? The blues, not unlike other music in uh, the Celtic arena, or in the Chinese arena, or in the Uzbekistan arena, it tells stories. It's got the DNA not just of my people, but of a whole country. It's got the DNA of America in it. The blues is something that came about after the Civil War. Nobody knows how it sort of crept up on us. But they're talking about the year 1900 as being the start of the blues. The blues tells the stories. That's what I love about it. And the stories resonate with people. And I've heard stories in all kinds of different countries, different festivals, even in different languages. But you see when it connects. You see it on a person's face. And do you find that in, in the old traditional blues songs or, and as well as in the, the new songs that are being written? Yes, I find that in the old stuff in particular because, you know, we can get hold of it. It's sort of like the, uh, what do you call it, in the church, the, 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 the hymns, liturgy, the, the whatever, it is, whatever it is that you get to every, every, uh, every Sunday. The preacher doesn't try to preach something new. He just tries to preach the same thing more excellently each time. So lexicon, maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, and the new songs, I think that they try to get to that. And do you find that as, as someone who performs both old and new music? That you're, you're pulling and you're, and you're getting those inspirations and you're, you're shaping that to something that, that's new again, even while being part of an old tradition? I do find that. My dad said there's nothing new under the sun. You just got to find a new way to say the same old thing. And me, if I hear something sounds good, I steal it. And I tell my students to steal it, too. Of course, once you steal it, you got to earn it. That's what uh, helps make the difference. You gotta How do you earn make it? it your own. By making it your own, you got to work it out so much that you can create in the language that that song you stole gave you. And you got to get better at thieving, you know. I used to walk by a street singer, and I'd have to look at his left hand, his right hand, listen to what he's singing, you know, go home and work on it for a while. Then I got a little better, and, and, and now that's where I can walk by. I don't even have to look at him. It's right in my ear, and I got it, you know. He don't know I got it till it comes out on my Grammy-winning CD. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> 
there you go. And I guess I guess with a uh, so the blues is something that that some folks who haven't spent time really studying the tradition blues can seem just like one monolithic genre but there's so many histories within that genre and so many ways of interpreting that and and bringing that in in so many pieces how do you begin to explain to people the different blues traditions and and their place well i usually begin by taking out this harmonica and i tell them about uh uh, Lost John. I tell him about this fellow who was a victim of the uh, black codes after the Civil War, wherein a black and white man stand before the same judge, guilty of the same crime. The black man's going to do more time. That was the origin of the blues. Used to go to a samp- uh, camp run by Pete Seeker's brother, and a song I heard there was a variation on Lost John. So I stole that and made up my own. It goes just a little bit something like that. <laughs> He long gone like a turkey through the cone with his long clothes on. He long gone. He long gone. He had a special pair of shoes that he kept in a sack. Had a heel in the front and a heel in the back. Riley took off when he heard the hounds coming. Couldn't tell which way Riley was running. He long gone. He long gone like a turkey through the cone. With his long clothes on, he long, he long. <laughs> yeah. Long gone. Now you take that. Long gone theme, the theme of mistreatment, maltreatment, and uh, being on a chain, gang. I like this song because it talks about a fellow who kept getting away. Had that, the shoes, uh, <laughs> so the heel, the heel made it so you couldn't see what direction he was going. Well, that doesn't happen anymore. They got drones, and uh, especially trained bloodhounds can sniff your DNA. But back in the old days, it worked for Lead Belly when he sang his way off the chain gang twice. The blues is way more than uh, the sound of B.B. Uh, King or the sound of uh, Muddy Waters or Buddy Guy. It includes that, and that is some of its greatest. In fact, Muddy Waters is the Pope of the blues, just in case you didn't know. But uh, the blues goes all the way back since that, the, the end of the Civil War. That is the time that the blues covers, and it keeps us going up until now when they have expressions of people in the street talking about, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter. The blues is the story that covers all of this. And, and such a powerful expression there for so, for so many folks who maybe didn't have the opportunity to, to keep running away, but still had the music, right? And still had the... Like there's so much that so much oppression, right? Like the history of this continent is is stamped with oppression, and music is in so many ways a a chance to lighten that. Like a yes, it is a chance to lighten it. By gosh, you got uh, situations now that sometimes if you deal with them head on, that why they'll toss you in the can. For instance, I got a president down where I live named Donald Trump. And, uh, oh, oh, gosh, sir, oh, oh, just, just, please, uh, don't cut your throat there, sir, put that knife away. Uh, you got to understand, sometimes, 
humor is a way that can help us look at something that is terrible. In fact, if I reach over here and grab this guitar, I might just have an example of this. I think we'd like to hear that. We'll okay. get this other mic set up for you, too. I don't even know if we need to. I'm sure, oh, maybe you can. oh, sorry about that. I didn't mean to bang you in the lip with my uh, guitar there, person. Okay. I'll get you a little song here. And uh, you folks out there are welcome to kind of sing along if you get the urge. This song is called It Was You. And uh, let's just say, if you listen to it, it might turn you into something the Americans call a subversive. Okay, so here's how we go. I've got a secret promise not to tell. I farted in the White House and it left an awful smell. I farted in the Oval Office and the Lincoln bedroom too. But I won't get in trouble cause I told him it was you. It was you. It was you. I won't get in trouble cause I told him it was you. I got myself a camera. I attached it to a drone. I flew it over the Pentagon when they were not at home. Took pictures of Brett Kavanaugh when he was making poo. But I won't get in trouble cause I told him it was you. It was you. It was you. I won't get in trouble cause I told him it was you. I read the president's Twitter and I hacked in his account. I saw his missing taxes and that ain't all I found. His hair comes from a horse's ass stuck on tight with glue. But I won't get in trouble cause I told him it was you. It was you. It was you. I won't get in trouble cause I told him it was you. Trumpty Dumpty built a wall just to be cool and edgy. Fell from the top, tried to stop, died of a fatal wedgie. I went to see the president. My stomach was upset. I begged him, pull my finger. And he did, to his regret. My ass let loose of a mighty roar. I watched his face turn blue. But I won't get in trouble, cause I told him it was you. It was you. It was you. Oh, I won't get in trouble, cause I told him it was you. It was you. Oh, it was you. I won't get in trouble, cause I told him it was you. So I'm figuring I could say more with that song than to stand up and do the litany of terrible things that I think that ogre of a person has done. It's better to get us all kind of laughing because we find a more common ground, a lot to agree on. And this has to do with leaders all around the world, not just the one I was speaking of, the alleged president of uh, the United States. And it's easier to carry a song and to keep singing a song than it is to to keep carrying and reading an, an essay or a list of things, right? Like the songs have fueled organizations. Songs have fueled people's spirits. Uh, 
working in those are yeah in oppressive places ours yeah our own place included a dear friend and mentor named pete seeger taught us more about that than uh, a lot of uh, teaching and preaching has done he uh was gifted in the art of getting a room full of strangers to sing together and sing in ways that were hopeful and uplifting. Songs like Turn, 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 and If I Had a Hammer. These are the kinds of songs that rally people to move, to make change, to make progress, hopefully in the name of humanity. So before I start preaching, I think I'll just, you know, I'll look back over here and look at y'all like your mustache, I meant to say. If I could grow it out, then I'd far wood. Most of what I got here just kind of sucked down and off my scalp and stuck on my beard, uh, on my uh, chin here. So uh, well, what you got there in your face, man, it looks really nice. It's, if, if it grows any longer, you, you, know, you could kind of steer yourself around on a scooter. There. It's like handles. There's this beautiful mustache out there. In Radio Land, you got to see this mustache. Show them the jacuzzi, too, while we're at it. Well, thank you for that wonderful compliment. You're welcome, um, I'm I'm curious. The, you've you've talked about Pete Seeger. You've talked about some of those early songs that were influences. What was the first time in your life that you remember music really having that resonant, hopeful impact on you? That'd be <clears throat> approximately eight years old. It was the year I first went to that summer camp, and I thought it was magic. I'd be the little boy sitting in the front center of the auditorium looking up at the stage and somebody with a wooden box with strings on it comes out and made to me what was magic and I at that age, eight years old, I first heard songs like Deportees by Woody Guthrie not a blues song but man that tells me about the blues hot and heavy, so much of what's going on right now in the border situation You know one thing, I get jobs in New York City sometimes with Lincoln Center. They have an educational outreach. And they either send me to schools or have schools come to Lincoln Center and I show about the blues and stuff like that. Well, one day I was sent to a neighborhood to do an after-school program and it happened to be a sort of Latino neighborhood and I was downstairs in the program area and folks were supposed to come in. The parents did not show up with their kids and folks were wondering why. And I found out from some of the administrators, they hustled down and said, well, there was an ice scare. I'm talking about two years ago. It was an ice scare. And uh, the parents were reluctant to show up. So when they finally did get there, the first thing came out of my blues mouth for my blues show was Woody Guthrie's song, Deportees. Got in trouble with Lincoln Center for doing that. Not so much because of the song. They just didn't know why I did something different from my program. When I explained it to them, they were very supportive. So in its own way, that song was a form of the blues. It reaches across lines, it communicates, and people can sing it together. And even though I don't know enough Spanish to you know, put in a hat on the floor and burn, uh, it had enough phrases in it that people could relate to people who were not my own immediate people. What is your regular program that you present that way? Are well, there they, is there they, a particular like lineage of the blues that you get to present in the the amount of time that you have with kids that way? In 45 minutes what I do is uh, show a kind of a history of the blues, the raw basics of the acoustic blues, and that would be the Mississippi Delta blues versus the East Coast blues. 
and I told them that along the Mississippi River, everything south of Memphis, they call it the Mississippi Delta. And the music sounded like this. And on the East Coast, it sounded like that. And if I do my thumb this way, you can tell it's an East Coast song. Or if I do it that way, it's a Delta song. So it's just a bare introduction, but I make it light and fun. I find I teach better when I entertain. When I get sort of methodical and explain how you have to put your pinky down on that fret to make the sound of the flatted fifth on the seventh note there, they, you know, hear sounds in the audience like <laughs> And, you know, so um, that is, that's the uh, show that I'm supposed to do, and I pretty much do that. But storytelling is how I pull it all together. Storytelling is how I get people to uh, hear what it is I'm talking about. I can't explain the history of the blues better than I can sometimes with a story. Like that little piece about uh, Long Gone Lost John. There was a moonshiner, sheriff came to get him, he took off running, he could outrun bullets, you know, according to the legend of this song. Uh, but that tells you a lot more about the blues than me telling you in 1688 and down in Virginia there was a colony. I could, uh, th that lecture has already been written and it's been told a lot and still needs to be told. But the idea is for not only for me to share my stories, it's for me to look at somebody who's not me, somebody who's other than me, and say, well, what about you? Tell me your story. Just like Anthony Bourdain did with food. We could share stories. And maybe we could share food, too. I think that would probably make the stories go better. <laughs> but, I mean, I've spoken to people uh, from overseas, people from Israel, people from Palestine. I've spoken, spoken to people from Japan, blues musicians from Australia. I've spoken to, you know, farmers and housewives and all sorts of people. And stories are here for us. We find out we have so much in common when we do that. And it's, I, I guess it's such a myth to think that you can tell the story of music without also talking about the people who made the music. Well, let's just say it helps. Of course, if you're a real thief stealing music, what you do is you sing somebody else's song and don't give them credit. Now, I'll give credit. Like that harmonica stuff I did a little earlier, some of that I attribute to Sonny Terry. Yes, I stole from Sonny Terry, but it took me 20 years to steal it. So it's like I've already done the time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's some uh, teachers in all of our lives who, are, who resonate with that kind of idea. <laughs> that maybe takes us longer to, longer to pick up the lesson than, than for some others. It's, uh, yeah, my, sorry, my wheels are turning. There are so many themes here that we've touched on so far, and, and, and I wonder if there's a, a difference in the reaction that you see talking to people from every corner of the planet who, who resonate in, with the blues, whether that's through their own experience and they're hearing that reflected even if it's through a different language or, or folks who are, have studied the blues and have played it and, and have made it a part of their lives. Are there, are there particular interactions with people that stick out in your memory as you think about what it's meant to carry this form of music and the history of this form of music across the planet? Brother, I could tell you stories about doing my one-man play The Adventures of Fishy Waters in Bed with the Blues. And he talks about, um, he talks about lynching. And uh, one story is very long and very serious and very heartfelt. And there's another story that talks about lynching that is funny. It's funny because it shows the absurdity, the lengths to which a man will go to avoid getting lynched. It has to do with a fellow who uh, 
he hits this, uh, a black man hits a white man out on the job, and he realizes what he's done. He's in Arkansas, so he's got to get out of there. He's afraid he's going to get lynched, so he lynched, so he runs to the uh, train station, says, uh, uh, how long's the uh, last train uh, been gone? He said, last train done been gone 30 minutes. You won't get another one till tomorrow. So he jumps down on the railroad track and runs and runs and runs trying to catch that train. And after a while, uh, he really he won't get it. So a guy's driving on the highway, and uh, he gets into the car, drives with the guy, and he says, the car's going too slow. They go by the airport. He gets into a plane. The plane takes off up, up in the sky, 400 miles an hour. He runs up to the cockpit. Pilot, how fast are we going? He said, 400. He said, man, this is too slow. I ain't got time to fool. So he gets a parachute, jumps out of the plane, hits the ground. And when he does, he lands right next to his great big deer with the antlers. It scares the deer, scares him, and they took off running side by side. And he, he looks up to him and said, man, I don't know what you did, but uh, if you're going to run, take them rocking chairs off your head. It's a kind of a, so, you know, the, you, you can do uh, silly things uh, to express that which is serious. I remember delivering the same line in one of my plays where the white members of the audience, uh, it kind of froze them up because it's a terrifying concept. Yet many of the black members didn't because in their family, they have, there are aunts and uncles who have been called by certain terrible names and who have in living memory witnessed lynchings and such. So they, there was a laughter of recognition. So the reaction is not the same everywhere. And I just got to kind of nuance it as I go. Is there, a, is there a difference in the way that you approach your stage, uh, I guess, acting stage work? I, I almost said stage work, but it's all stage work if you're performing, whether it's music or whether it's, it's theater. Is there a difference in the way that you approach theater compared to a musical show? Oh, yeah, there's a difference, you see. If I'm on the stage playing Laertes, and I forget my lines, so I go over to my guitar and start singing the song. The director's going to frown on that. And the pay envelope's going to be a little light that week. So if you're in a play, for instance, you've got to stick to the script. And if it's my script, I might be able to get away with a little bit, but I've got to tell the story of the script. If I'm on in concert doing a, you know, my own show, I can change the order of the songs. I can tell this uh, story instead of that story. I've... Man, I've been through every, just about every experience you can on stage. I've, been, I've taught classes where people finally, t well, I, 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 you make me nervous. I, you know, you're like, Guy Davis, I, I can't do something. And then I remind them that, well, hey, man, I was on stage in a play in a suit playing like somebody like Robert Johnson, and, and I'm doing a monologue about chopping a tree in prison, and the white man got his foot on my neck, and, but this one performance, my fly was open. And I had on this brightest, whitest, shining, as gleaming as Christmas Snow White underwear you ever saw. It's like, you know, even in the darkness, you couldn't miss this. So the entire monologue was about, oh, my God, when's this clown going to realize his flies open? Didn't matter what I was saying about how I was bleeding because the white man. And then when I've been, they hollered when they saw I realized it. So it was about how's he going to get his fly out without destroying the play completely. So... If you're nervous in the class with me, you know, you can save it. Because I, 
I've hit bottom. You're, you're doing fine, like a performance class. You worry about how he's singing. I said, come on, man, relax, relax. It's all good. All those artists were sitting here, we're playing music in front of people. My God, we get to do, have the most fun in the world. Golly. I get to tell more stories than a politician, almost. The between me and a politician, of course, is uh, you know I'm lying coming in the door. I only charge one flat rate. Politician, he's not going to tell you when he's going to lie, but he wants to be paid per lie. Mark my words. I was uh, I was watching the audience a little bit when you were telling that that story, and I know there are some performers in the audience right now, and uh, and there were some shudders of recognition there with those those things that uh, that maybe you dream about on like the day before school for uh, for getting to do your fly up or whatever that is. Do you do you have any advice for folks who are just starting to to take to the stage, either as musicians or actors or that way? Advice for people uh, who want to perform in front of others. Steal everything you can, every opportunity, every act, every inflection. And if it takes, then you're going to be able to invent with what you're stealing. Because all music, all art is like recombinant DNA. You put it together to find a new way to say the same old thing. You go on stage every night to do the same role over and over. Make it new every night like you've never done it before. Enjoy what you do. Don't waste your life being embarrassed or scared or offset or upset about something. If you suck, okay, go someplace else. You'll suck less the next time. And you kind of build it up from there. Is there a song that you want to leave us with as we as we begin to wrap up? and, and let, Well, funny let you folks... mention that. I just happen to have a guitar mm-hmm. nearby, and there That's is a Andy? song I'd love to do. All right, I'm going to swing this mic around for you. Here's a song I wrote back in 2014. It's called Taking Just a Little Bit of Time, and y'all can help me too. I like to spend time in the country, city ain't for me. Put down my phone, go out alone, and I let my spirit be. I'm taking just a little bit of time, baby. Taking just a little bit of time. I'm a taking just a little bit of time, baby. Taking just a little bit of time. I like to go by the river, sit in the banks all day. With a pole and a line, nothing on my mind. I can hear what the catfish say. Here's what they say I'm a taking just a little bit of time, baby. Taking just a little bit of time. Help me now. I'm taking just a little bit of time, baby. Taking just a little bit of time. I like to take my shoes off, go barefoot on the ground. I take a gander at a little salamander and I watch him getting around. Here it is, he said. I'm a taking just a little bit of time, baby. Taking just a little bit of time. I'm a taking just a little bit of time, baby. Taking just a little bit of time.
like to play my banjo and walk the railroad track. I walk all day for miles and miles. I don't care when I get back. Here you go. I'ma take just a little bit of time, baby. Take just a little bit of time. I'ma take just a little bit of time, baby. Take just a little bit of time. I keep whiskey in my pocket. Sometimes I make it gin. Sometimes I tote a keg of beer. It depends what mood I'm in. I'm taking just a little bit of time, baby. Take just a little bit of time. I'm taking just a little bit of time, baby. Take just a little bit of time. In the city, folks are in a hurry, and I gotta get out their way. In the country, I go wandering. I won't see a soul all day. I'm taking just a little bit of time, baby. Take just a little bit of time. I'm taking just a little bit of time, baby. Take just a little bit of time. I'm taking just a little bit of time, baby. Take just a little bit of time. Well, I'm taking just a little bit of time, baby. Take just a little bit of Thanks so much, man, for having me on your show. Thanks for joining us. That is Guy Davis. For those of you who are, are here with us right now, Guy's playing a few times more, including on the amphitheater stage. He's starting off the lineup tomorrow evening. And, uh, and don't miss that, because it's going to be just this good, only longer. And with less of me talking, which will mean more of him playing, which can't be a bad thing. Georgia... Georgia Bay Roots is a radio show that airs locally on AM radio. For those of you who are real fans of AM radio, we're on 560 here on Sundays at 4, or you can listen anytime at all as a podcast. If you've got a smartphone in your pocket and you, you say podcasts sound fun, but I don't know how to get one, uh, I'm happy to talk to you about how to subscribe to that. And uh, we've got buttons, too, if you want to take a little piece at home. And, Guy, you have CDs over in the merch tent. Is that true? Unfortunately, I do not. I was so busy stealing, they must all got hijacked. Well, I think that they 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 wanted them down in Washington D.C. The Pentagon's picking them apart. That's all the, all those people who you've been teaching, they've been taking those lessons to heart, and they just stole whatever they could. They're reading the liner notes. Well, but they can find you on the internet, can they? Yes, I can be found all over the internet, and uh, just come on, get it, stick the W's where they go, punch it up, buy it, steal it, take it, whatever you do, just spread it, spread the good news around. And there's no need to be ups- upset when you can be .com. Yeah. 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 What, what is it? Okay. Thanks so much, folks. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and uh, find us on the radio. That was a pleasure. Thank you.